Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. Last week we started a new series. All right. I wouldn't call it brand new because this is a series that we had done sometime in the year 2019 when we just started the church. Okay, and this was something that God had spoken to me years and years ago. All right, and uh, it was very, very crucial for me because I was somewhere, you know, on the start of my walk with the Lord, and this was something that God was like really powerfully ministering to me. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's. I still believe, you know, it still powerfully ministers even today. The last week we started this new series. Okay, I titled it as Send Location. All right, whoever you were last year, I mean, last week you remember this. Okay, Send Location, and let me just set that up for you. What do I mean by send location? Okay, send location is a term I think most of us are really aware of, us, especially today, because when you're in a location, when you're in a specific place, and let's say your friend is texting you and asking you, hey, where are you? I want to come where you are. So what's the first thing that you do? Come on. You send location, obviously. I mean, that's what you do. You, you open up your Maps app or whatever that you're using, okay? Apple or Google Maps, I'm not advertising either of them, okay? But I'm just saying you open up your app... App map. map apps, okay, and then you, you send it to the person, why? So that they know exactly where you are. And that map app, okay, okay map app is going to help them to get to where you are. Okay, the series I've titled this as Send Location because here's what I believe about you. Here's what I believe about me. Each of us, you know, when you were to, if you were to evaluate, you know, your walk with the Lord, if you were to evaluate, you know, your, your journey, you know, or your relationship with the Lord for that matter. I believe, you know, each of us, we are at a very, very specific location when it comes to our life with God. I believe that. Okay, and and last week, you know, we unfolded this entire uh, this entire scenario. Okay, where you know we believe uh, we looked at this passage, which I believe was very specific, very crucial. Why? Because I believe you know Jesus has given us you know exactly the locations that we could possibly be in when it comes to our journey with God, when it comes to our relationship with God. How many of you remember the passage? Well, what did we look at last week? Anyone? See, this is why you should write it down. Okay. <laughs> We looked very specifically at a parable that Jesus was talking about. How many of you remember what parable it is? Does that? How? Okay, now, now it rings a bell, right? Okay, we looked at the parable of the sower, all right? We looked at very specifically the parable of the sower where Jesus specifically talks about four groups of people that are there in that place. All right. And so what I want to do today is I want to, you know, just, just give a quick recap. And then we will look at, you know, one of the groups. We looked at one of the groups last week. We're going to be looking at the second group today. Okay. So let's, let's, let's read, you know, the parable of the soul. Mark's gospel chapter four, verse one to eight. And again, he, Jesus, began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat it on the, sat in it on the sea and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching verse 3 listen behold a sower went out to sow verse 4 and as and it happened as he sowed some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it that's the first group of people. And if you remember last week, you know, I, I set this up for you, okay? The first group of people that we looked at last week was, this is a group that I want to refer to as exploring God. These are the people, and can I tell you this, okay? These four groups of people are people that you would find in any church. Let it be a small church like ours. Let it be, you know, a huge church of thousands or maybe even 10,000. You would find these four groups of people in literally every single church. Okay, and that's what I said. The first group of people is what I believe Jesus is talking about, you know, the, the one, the seed which fell on the wayside. Those are the people that are exploring God. They are not ones, you know, they have literally, they have not come into a place where they have accepted Jesus Christ. They're not in the one, you know, who has come into a place where they are in a relationship with the Lord. All right, now, Forgive my, forgive my setup here, all right? Because I know this is a very poor representation, but I want you to imagine this is the cross. Please don't get offended. 
okay he took up a mic stand and <laughs> don't go there all right i want you to picture that this is pro- probably the cross and the ones you know who are exploring god they have not really come into a place where they have accepted jesus christ they have not come into a place okay they know about the cross they know about the sacrifice they know about this whole idea that okay jesus died for my sins on that they they know all of that but they have not come into a place where like i'm not sure you know i want to really commit to that i'm not sure if i really believe that they they still exploring god all right so those that is the one where jesus says you know i believe that you know the seed that fell on the wayside you know, what did he say the birds of the air came and devoured it the second group of people you know verse 5 what jesus says some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth verse 6 but when the sun was up it was scorched and because it had no root it withered away this is what i believe the second group of people i like to call this group the ones who are beginning in god they are the ones you know who have decided to take a step they have decided to take a step that okay fine you know what i believe jesus died for me i want to you know get into this relationship with the lord and they come into this place where they you know in their relationship with the lord in their journey with the lord they come into a place where they decide to begin with god they don't know anything they don't know the basics you know they they are in this place you know in this group of people people are ones you know they 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 are listening to the word they start reading the bible they learn how to read the bible they need to learn how to pray they need to learn how to fellowship the you know the basics like you know salvation baptism water baptism holy spirit all of those things are things that you know they don't know about and this is the group where they decide that this is the place where i want to learn all right but this is a group you know which jesus said that fell on stony ground okay and verse 7 is the third group that jesus says and some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew and, and choked it and it yielded no crop this is the third group of people which i like to term as the ones who are close to god they are the ones you know the group of people that was exploring god they accepted jesus christ they began in god and a few years down the line they kept reading the word they kept praying they kept spending time in his presence and now they have come into a place where they have a close relationship with jesus they they spend all of their time in god's word they they read god's word every day they spend time in prayer every day okay most of the decisions that they make they pray ask the lord lord what do you want me to do and this is what i believe is a third group okay where the word okay the seed fell among thorns and the thorns choked up the word that was there and the last group of people is a group that i would like to call god centered okay there's a group that's close to god there's a group that's god centered now what's the difference okay let me just say this verse 8 says the other seed fell on good ground yielded a crop that sprang up increased and produced some 30 fold some 60 and some are 100 the ones whom you know the the seed which according to jesus fell on good ground are the ones whom i believe are god centered why because here's the thing amongst these four groups this is the only group that bore fruit think about it and here's why i label the series as send location because here's what i believe you know and I, here's what i don't want us to do i don't want us to look at the series look at these four groups of people and think about yeah that person they fall in that group i want you to look at your own life i want you to evaluate your own life and i want you to say listen i think i fall in one of these groups because i promise you if you were to be honest enough with yourself you will find yourself in one of these groups and the reason why i believe jesus gave us this parable and the reason why i believe you know the, the, this whole series is what one i want us to recognize where we are and i want us to be able to identify where we are not just so that we remain where we are but we come into a place where we start moving into a place where god i believe wants us to be that's a god centered group and do you know why i believe god wants us to be in the god centered group because that's the place you will bear think about it okay and then this is something that we did again last week okay these four groups of people okay every group has their own set of things that they're dealing with and all of those things okay we looked at this okay the first week okay today we look at the second group okay but um, one of the things you know that when i was praying and preparing this last week okay about this message one of the things that i realized okay is um, there are people who do not want to grow you know like i've known people some people who began their life in god you know like years ago 
they accepted Christ, you know, they, they, they fell in love with Christ. Okay, they, they came into that place where they decided, you know what, I want to accept Christ. So they moved from the group exploring God and they came into this place where they decided to begin with God. And guess what? They got stuck there. Oh, that's not for us. We're very comfortable here. We're very happy here. We just want to be where we are, you know, like settle down and, you know, this, this, this. And can I tell you, church, the greatest, this, okay, young people, please listen to me. The greatest temptation that you will ever have as you keep moving forward in life is to settle down in a place and be there for the rest of your life. I promise you. You guys, you know, some of you guys, you're just here in college and you know, you're waiting for your degree to get over and you're waiting to look out for a job and get my, I mean, I get all that. But I promise you, listen, at any point in your mind, you know, you decide that, listen, I want to settle down. I promise you that will be the end of where God wants to take you. You, you read right through scripture, you know, God always wants you to move. God always wants you to grow in, his, in your relationship with him so that, man, you can be one in the place that God wants you to be. And you can also bear the fruit that he wants you to bear. All right. I'll, I'll come back to that in a moment, okay? But one more thing, you know, before we look into today's group, okay? Is how, you know, that's why I said, you know, God not only gave us the location, okay, where he wants us to get to, he also showed us how you need to get, just like your Google map app, map app, forgive me, okay. The, the, the app shows you exactly, step by step, direction by direction, it shows you exactly what you need to do to get into that specific location. God in his word, in his mercy, in his divinity has shown us what we need to do to move from each group to the next group. Why? Because his final location where he wants you to be. And it's not that, you know, you don't grow in this group. Each group, you know, you keep growing. Even when you're in the God-centered group, you have to, you know, come to a place where you keep growing. Because here's what I promise what will happen if you stop growing. If you stop growing, there is a chance that you will keep moving backward and backward and backward. There is. So this is what we looked at, okay, to move from, you know, from exploring God Okay, to move, if you're, you know, you've, you've still not bought into the cross thing and you've not bought into this entire thing, you're not sure if you want to believe in this. If you want to move from this group to a group that is beginning in God, you've got to understand what's called as the grace of God. We saw this last week, all right? It's not by what you can do. It's not by the works. You know, salvation is a free gift that God has given to us. You cannot earn your righteousness. You cannot earn your way through to with God. You can't do that. God, in His divine grace, has given you the freedom to come into His presence through the cross. That's the first group, okay? And how do you move from, you know, from beginning in God, you've, you've, you understood the grace of God. The only way you can move from beginning in God to moving into a place where you are close to God, you've got to understand or learn what's the word of God. Scripture. There is no substitute for scripture. I don't think you heard that well. There is no substitute for scripture. There is no substitute for God's word. You can't just be satisfied with a morsel that you get off your Instagram feed. You can't. You can't be satisfied, you know, with, with some message that you listen to here and there. No, there is no substitute for you sitting down personally with the word of God and studying and meditating. it. I'll come back to that later. You don't seem excited by that, okay? <laughs> Anyways, I, I'll see if I can get you excited by today's, end of today's message, okay? So, you move from, you know, from exploring God to beginning in God, you understand the grace of God. From beginning in God to being close in God, you have to understand the word of God. And here's the last group. If you want to move from, you know, being close to God to being God-centered, you have to become a giver. You have to understand giving, all right? Now, you might be thinking, Pastor, that's not scriptural. Where does it say like that in scriptural, okay? You want a verse? I'll give you a verse, all right? Trust me, I've got a verse for everything. All right. So you want to see these three things in play? Okay. Let me, let me show you this. I hope this excites you. Okay. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11. Some of you know this verse by heart. And they overcame him. By what? By the blood of the lamp. You know what that is? Brackets. I don't have brackets up there. But do you know what the blood of the lamp is? That's grace. That's grace. 
they overcame him by the blood of the lamb that is grace okay and what by the word of their testimony that's god's word are you seeing this church are you seeing this by the word of their testimony and here's the last one they did not love their lives to death they gave it away they gave their lives away for the lord and they came into a place where they said that you know what lord it's not about me my life doesn't matter what matters is you and that's how they were able to move you know from a group that was close to god to become into a group that was god sent you seem to be lost all right let me let me just uh, put this out there okay today's message is going to be more like teaching is that okay can i teach the word of god we know i'm not going to preach today much okay we're going to learn the word of god can we learn the word of god on sunday morning in church is that fine is that fine with all of you oh please pastor every day we are going to class every day we have to today also we have to study all right so 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 uh, what i want you to do okay i want you to turn to your neighbor tell them don't sleep go ahead go ahead tell them that don't don't sleep all right i'm giving you as your pastor i'm giving you permission if you see or if you sense that another person sitting next to you sleeping knock them pinch them really hard make sure they're awake okay and uh, it goes for you as well you have freedom to pinch or do whatever you want for yourself so that you remain awake is that okay one year <laughs> okay all right so i want us to look at you know the second group of people that we looked at last week's group okay exploring group it's out there on the audio podcast if you haven't listened to it please go back listen to it okay we're going to look at this specific group of people the ones who are beginning in god the ones who have decided that you know what the cross is for me i believe that jesus christ died on the cross for my sins i have accepted i believe i want to make jesus the lord of my life. they have made that step they've taken that step they've taken that commitment and now they've decided to begin a new relationship with god all right they've come into the place so i want us to look at you know what the explanation jesus gives for the second group of people mark's gospel chapter 4 verse 16 to 17 these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness let me stop right there look at the first thing that he talks about this group he says about this group of people these are likewise the ones who are sown in stony ground when they hear the word they immediately receive it with gladness so i want you to picture this maybe you've come to church on sunday morning maybe you're hearing a word and you get really excited you get really excited because you're receiving that word with gladness you're saying you know amen you know i pray i believe you know that word will come to pass in my you mean you you're doing all of those things you get really excited by it but then what happens what does he say what happens verse 70 but and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake i don't want you to miss this why does tribulation come why does persecution come for this group for what sake come on church for the word sake what does it say there it says it arises for the word sake not for anything else not because you're having a gala time no for the word sake tribulation and persecution arises and immediately they stumble tribulation and persecution for this group who starts off with god who decides that man i want to make a commitment with jesus christ i want to you know know jesus christ in a certain extent so they come into this place where they're beginning their relationship with god but what happens if they're not careful the word that is sown into their hearts is going to be completely taken away because of the tribulation and the challenges and the persecution that comes in their lives two things that i want us to look at today okay two very specific things that i want us to look at today and i want us to understand this because this is what you know the enemy is trying to do and this is what the god our heavenly father is trying to do okay so number one what is satan's plan what is satan want if i if you were to look at this entire you know the story this parable that jesus says what is satan trying to do right through it i want you to look at all of these four groups of people that jesus spoke about all of these four groups the first group if you remember last time what happens the word is sown on the wayside what happens satan comes and steals the word that was planted there number one second group of people what happens tribulation and persecution arises for the word say satan is again attacking where he's attacking the word that was sown the third group of people which we look in detail next week okay are the ones you know whom the seed was thrown into the thorn side 
the thorns came up it choked the word that was sown there and it was only the last group of people whose word fell on good ground and it bore fruit 30 60 and 100 fold what is satan trying to do in all of these four groups or rather three groups let me say that that way he's trying to take god's word out of you simple if there is anything that satan wants or satan does not want he does not want you know the word to remain in you why because he knows this more than probably all of us put together he knows that if the word remains in you you know what's going to happen over a period of time you're going to land up in this group and if you land up in this group you're going to bear fruit for god he doesn't want that so he's going to do in everything in his power he's going to do everything that he possibly can to steal that to snatch that to choke it off make sure that the word does not remain in our hearts and that's why if you look at you know all of these groups you know if you see the attack is on god's word nowhere else as i said you know earlier in the second group of people the ones who are beginning in their relationship with god what happens to them tribulation and persecution arises why not because of anything in their personal life it's because the word that was deposited there should not bear fruit it should not take root and bear fruit he wants to make sure that you know the that's why he says you know when the sun scorched you know when the sun came up it scorched the seed that was laid on that stony ground he wants to make sure that you know man this this word should never take root and bear fruit all right now about these four groups okay i mean if you remember last week you know we i showed a different analogy okay about this whole four groups imagine okay last week i mean i showed about the friend friendship thing all right the ones who are exploring in god you know they're not ones you know who 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 have said that okay man i am not sure you know god is my friend i know about god i've heard about him but i i don't want to i'm not sure you know i want to really become friends with him. and then you know they come into this place where they decide that okay you know what i want to be friends to so the ones who are beginning in god you know god is a friend you know those hi bye friends that you have hi bye we have a lot of that in church also don't we hi oh i see you next week okay so i mean you know people in this group you know their relationship or their friendship with god is like that god hi god saw you last week good to see you again today you know in church it is like that you know it's like just a high by relationship they're not god is not their close friend they don't trust god completely enough to say that man i'm not sure i can share you know the stuff that i'm going through with him but then you know the, the third group of people they've been walking they you know they've been friends with god for a while now they've come into a place where they begin to start trusting god they begin to come into a place where they're willing to open up and share about the stuff that they're going through with god saying like god this is what i'm going through lord please do something about it but this is the last group of people is what i said last week and i want to say that again today this is the group you know that's married to him they're willing to lay their lives down you know for him straight up so that's a friendship thing but i want to you know give a different analogy today all right i want you to imagine okay these four groups as people who are going maybe to school and maybe even college okay so um this group you know this group was like daycare i mean you know what daycare is like okay babies and they they just playing around okay but this group of people are the ones you know you just started going to school imagine you just started going to school okay so it's like your you know your lkg ukg first standard second i mean it's like that all right and and uh, how many of you remember when you were in ukg and lkg anyone wow you've got good memory i mean the only memory i have is like the photographs that you know my mom and dad showed me like you know this is what you looked like and i was this big chubby thing no mind <laughs> okay and and i mean you know when you when you come into a place of you know you're in the lkg or LK, i mean it's a structured system is it not you just go to class and if you remember very clearly i remember this very clearly you don't have much homework most of the stuff that you're learning is done in the school itself in the class itself you're learning the basics like numbers you're learning the basics like alphabet you're learning all of the basics you know when you're in this group okay i, I remember um i think i was in my first or second standard okay i remember they had given us a class test You remember those class tests that you used to have when you were kids like you know I used to wonder you know why are they giving these classes I remember I had written down every answer and the teacher comes up you know on my on my shoulder up you know I'm sitting and she's standing there and she looks at my answer sheet and she says this is wrong I looked at her no this is right 
and she said no this is wrong you need to rub this and this is the answer so i rubbed it off the wrong answer which i wrote and i wrote the right answer it was out of 10 i got 10 out of 10 so i went home and i got 10 out of 10 i'm just saying you know your your lkg ukg first time saying that's what it looks like but as you grow older as you you know go into maybe i don't know 6th 7th 8th maybe even up to your 12th standard here's what you know here's what i know you cannot be satisfied you cannot limit yourself to what you're learning in class can you there's a lot more homework there's a lot that you have to you know go back and do on your own because here's the truth that you know that if you don't do what you're supposed to do on your part you may not clear your exams spiritually i want us to understand this when you're starting off you know you need to be in a structured environment you need to be you know it's not it's 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 like you have to this is why i keep telling listen be a part of a life group please don't miss life group listen you need to come into a place where you're learning the basics what is salvation what is water baptism what is holy spirit baptism what do you mean by tithing what do you mean by off? i mean you got to come into a place where you understand some of these basics and you need some a structured environment for that but when you come into a place where you understand the basics you need you to go back and start doing this on your own and i want you to think about the last group last group is like college what happens in college do even they have classes for every thing that is there i mean they might have classes right but do can i ask you all you college students can i ask you this do your lecturers finish up all the topics in the classroom not even a single person is saying yes yes my 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 lecturers what do they expect you to do self study right you got to go back you got to you know spend time with your books and you got to go into the library i heard the manipal library is awesome i mean is that true wow okay. so they expect you that you would go back you would do your stuff you would learn your stuff why because man you know this to be true that if you don't do what you're supposed to be doing there's no way you're going to go across Can I tell you church that's the same thing spiritually you cannot be satisfied and you cannot expect to grow if you're going to limit your time with God just to the one one and a half hours on Sunday morning and maybe to the life group setting that is there in one one and a half hours and expect you to grow and you know in each of these groups and become where you are there is work that is on you there is work that you have to do when you spend time you take time out and say man i need to spend time in the presence of god i need to spend time reading and studying the word of god there is work on my part otherwise i am not going to make it i told you today is not preaching today is just all right so here's the thing that i want us to understand okay and here this is something that you know i remember when i just started off with god okay when my relationship with god when i just began in god this was something that i began to see quite a lot and that really inspired me that really excited me to get more into god's word to just simply get in more and more into god's word i want to show this to you all right mark's gospel chapter 4 verse 4 we saw this last week and i want to show something very specifically in this passage okay and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it that's a parable that's the first group of people the birds of the air came and devoured it mark's gospel chapter 4 verse 15 when jesus was asked to explain that parable here's what jesus said oh this group okay these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear who comes immediately who comes immediately satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in the hearts here's something that i want us to understand every time you go through scripture who does jesus liken the birds of the air to here satan he says oh the birds of the air i'm talking about satan Isn't that what he says here? When he's explaining the parable he's saying listen when I'm talking about the birds of the air I'm talking about Satan Satan are the birds of the air who comes and takes away the word that was sown initially There's something if you should understand about scripture you cannot read scripture just like that you can't You have to understand that man in scripture there is a symbolic language that is being often used and when you begin to understand that man there is a lot of symbolic language that is being spoken I'm telling you the word will come alive into your hearts. It will. Last week you know I I mentioned this you know Jesus spoke in parables. We know this. He spoke in many parables. Do you know why he spoke parables? We looked at this last week as well. Parable is with literally a truth that is taken. Jesus attaches it to a story and he throws it alongside for us to understand. 
And here's what I want us to understand. You know, why does, you know, God use, you read through scripture, you see this, and I'll, I'll show you some more examples today. Okay, but God uses symbolic language in the scripture and he throws it around us like a parable so that we can understand to the depth of what he's really trying to communicate. When I, when I, when I begin to read scripture with an understanding like this, I'm telling you, the, the word of God just came alive for me. Let me show you an example. Okay, this is an Old Testament scripture. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 30 verse 21. Son of man, God is speaking to Ezekiel. I have broken the arm of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. I've broken the arm of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Has anyone got into a physical fight? Okay, but <laughs> if you don't understand the scripture is spoken symbolically, what would you think about this? God and Pharaoh got into a fist fight and God broke the arm of the Pharaoh. Is that what he's meaning? Come on, church. Can I tell you this? Okay, straight up front. Historically, there is no evidence. There's nothing to show that, you know, the arm of Pharaoh is really broken. What is God trying to say here? When he's saying here, listen, he's saying, listen, when I've broken the arm of Pharaoh, you know what he's saying? He's saying, I've broken the power of Pharaoh. Pharaoh has no more power. Pharaoh has no more strength. You know, when he says he's broken the arm, he's saying, listen, in symbolic language, he's saying, I've broken the arm, meaning, listen, I've literally broken the power or the strength that Pharaoh has in this place. When you begin to understand this, now, listen, here's why I'm sharing this, okay? I want us to understand this, you know, with an understanding so that when you go back, when you start reading scripture and when you realize that many of the, you know, the language that is used in scripture is symbolic, I'm telling you, it should really excite you. It should really excite you. I told you, listen, one of the things that Jesus says here, the birds of the air, who does he refer it to? He refers it to Satan. I mean, Jesus himself said that. I didn't make that up. Jesus himself said that, you know, listen, the birds of the air represent Satan. All right. Now, 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 let me let me show you another place where it's talking about birds of the air. Revelation chapter 18 verse 2. And he cried mightily with a loud voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Okay. Dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit and a cage for every hated bird. I mean, other birds that we hate? I hate crows. I'm, maybe that's a place where, you know, crows are going to crush, slush you all the time. I mean, slush is a safe word. Is that what he's meaning here? I mean, demons are there. You know, demonic spirits are here. All right. And then it's like, uh, you know, all these birds that you don't like, they're also there. Is that, is that what he's trying to say? What did Jesus say? Who, who does the birds of the air represent? Demonic spirits. Here's what I want us to understand. You can't just, you know, say that birds of the air is just mean, maybe, you know, the birds of the air is flying. He's referring to demonic spirits. And that's why, you know, I want us to understand, listen, when you read this, when you understand that, okay, Babylon, the great has fallen. Babylon, that nation, it's fallen. And it's become a place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit. And it's become a cage for every demonic spirit that is there also. You don't seem to be convinced. Let me, let me show you another one. How many of you remember Deuteronomy 28? I told you, this is going to be a Bible study. Okay. If you're already feeling asleep, pinch yourself. Go ahead, do that. How many of you remember Deuteronomy 28? It's, it's very relevant, okay? We, we love Deuteronomy 28. If I tell you what it's all about, you probably understand. Deuteronomy 28 is a list of the blessings and curses that God has pronounced on people. And he says, listen, if you walk with me, if you obey what I'm asking you to do, you will see these blessings that I'm going to mention here come to pass in your life, period. But on the other hand, if you disobey me, if you don't, you know, obey what I'm asking you to do, guess what's going to happen? All of these curses that I mentioned in this list is going to come upon your life. And one of the curses, you know, that God mentioned in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 26, here's what he says. All right. Your carcasses shall be food for all the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth and no one shall frighten them away. I remember the first time I read this. 
that birds of the air just 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 stood out for me i've seen this birds of the air somewhere i remember reading this you know in the book of the parable of the sower when jesus was talking about, and birds of the air what did jesus say represent come on church it represents seed and here's what i want us to understand when he's saying listen your carcasses shall be food for all the birds of the air they're going to come and eat your food so you know you can't just assume that maybe you know the body didn't get a proper burial and which is lying there and the birds came you can think that way but i want us to understand there's a more deeper symbolic language there and birds of the air and can i say this the beasts of the earth okay both of these are alignment in many places in scripture in old testament you'll find birds of the air and beasts of the earth birds of the air and beasts of earth it is a representation of demonic spirits that's at work and i want us to understand in symbolic language what is god trying to say listen if you don't walk with me if you open up the doorway for sin and isn't that true we have read this in book of ephesians i remember do not give a foothold to the enemy otherwise what's going to happen you're going to open up your life for demonic spirits to come and work in your life you will you can be a believer and i'm telling you listen if you don't walk in obedience to what god has asked you to walk in your dwelling place your home your heart can be your life can be an open door for the enemy to come and operate and here's what he's saying listen if you don't walk with me if you don't obey what i'm asking you to do your body will become like a carcass you'll be like a dead person and it will open up the doorway for demonic spirits to come and work in your life and you will not understand you still don't seem convinced so i'm i'm going to prove this to you you ready for some more scripture i've got a lot of scriptures up you ready let me let me share with something that's very that you're very familiar with all right what what is uh, what is one of the common words you know that uh, scripture often refers to us as his people anyone you are the dash of his pasture ha huh, sheep all of us know when he's talking about sheep there he's not talking about literal sheep is he okay i have the scripture up okay psalms 100 verse 3 he says know the lord he is god he is he who has made us and not we ourselves we are his people and the sheep of his pasture we his people are symbolically referred to in scripture as sheep let me put up the next one okay john chapter john chapter 10 verse 11 here's what he says i am the good shepherd who's speaking this anybody who's a good shepherd jesus jesus saying i am the good shepherd the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep is jesus talking about little sheep come on church jesus saying you know what those poor little animals there i'll give my life for them i am their shepherd is that what he's talking about he's saying listen the sheep you people are my sheep and i will lay my life down for you symbolic language now you ready for this ezekiel chapter 34 verse 5 so they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered now many places okay jesus with a capital s is often referred to as the shepherd the head shepherd and the small s is often referred to as people like me the pastors all right and here's what he's saying listen they were scattered because there was no smallest shepherd and they became food for all the whom come on church the beasts of the field are they talking about lions and tigers there you know what there was no shepherd so all those sheep they became you know food for all the lions and tigers you know who were roaming around there is that is that what he talking about can you see the likening or the symbolic language why he wants us to understand what he's trying to communicate through the symbolism the beast of the earth we just saw that what does it represent it represents demonic spirits what is he saying listen because there was no proper pastor who was not feeding you know their sheep properly what happened they became an open ground and they became food for all the beasts of the field and they were scattered now when you understand that Okay. You still don't seem convinced. Let me give you the most common scripture that all of us know. You ready? Are you ready? Okay. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. 
Who's the serpent? How do you know? How do you know? Because nowhere in Genesis, let me say that again. Nowhere in Genesis does it refer to the serpent as Satan. So how do you know that that was Satan? Couldn't that just have been a snake on the ground? Why do we refer to serpent as a Satan? You know why we refer to serpent as Satan? You might be thinking, Pastor is teaching new theology. No, 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 no. I'm getting to where you are. But I want us to understand, listen, every time you infer something from scripture, make sure you infer it from scripture only. Do you know why Genesis, they refer to serpent as Satan? You ready for this? Here's what it says in the book of uh, Revelation chapter 12 verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out. The serpent of old. Come on. What's his name? Called the devil and Satan. Who deceives the whole world was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Who's the serpent of old? Come on judge. Satan. Why do we refer to serpent in Genesis chapter 3 as Satan? Why? Because scripture tells us that serpent was Satan. Now, can you come back to Genesis chapter 3 verse 1? I want you to go back to the scripture again. What does it say? Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. Again, if serpent means Satan, what does beast of the field mean? Fallen angels, demonic spirits. Here's what I want us to think about. Maybe you've never thought about this verse this way. What if God was trying to tell us that Satan is probably the most cunning of all the fallen angels and all the demonic spirits that's possibly there. Because that's what it says here. Satan was more cunning than any of the demonic spirits which the Lord God had made. Did the Lord God make Satan? Did he make Satan? He made Satan. Satan before he was a fallen angel, who was he? He was the worship leader in heaven. Who made Satan? God did. Who made all of these fallen angels that came along with Satan? God did. And what's he saying? Satan, the fallen angel, was most more cunning than any of the fallen angels that was there at that time. Does this make sense? This is why I'm saying, listen, when you understand the symbolic language in scripture, it should make you so excited to go back. And when I'm telling you, listen, when I began my relationship with God, I began to see some of these things and I was like, man, I need more. Man, what is the Bible telling me that stuff that I don't know? You ready for one more scripture? And then we'll go into the next one, God's plan. Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. You probably know this. This is Jesus' temptation. Look at this. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by whom? Tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beast, and the angels ministered to him. Now, if you don't understand symbolic language, you would probably read that as Jesus was in the desert, Satan was tempting him, there was a lot of lions and tigers and wild beasts around him, and then the angels came and said, is that what he meant? What's he saying here? When Jesus was tempted by Satan, Satan was not the only one there tempting Jesus 40 days and 40 nights. All the hordes of hell came to, you know, make sure all the principalities and the powers and everything in the dark places came all against Jesus Christ in that 40 days. And he was able to withstand and be victorious over them. Does this make sense? Listen, I want us to understand this. Listen, birds of the air, when Jesus says, man, that is Satan, you got to understand that Satan. Those are the demonic spirits. Those are the demonic demons that work, you know, and you need to understand that. It's not just, you know, little birds of the air and it's just a few lions and tigers. You know, no, 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 no. Listen, you got to understand demonic forces are real. You, I've often said this, listen, you, can't, you cannot just believe in God who's a supernatural being and not believe in Satan and the devil and his demonic forces. They're very real. They're very, very real. And here's what he's saying, listen. Jesus has overcome every one of them. Jesus has overcome any of them. We don't have anything to fear. And I hope I'm not pronouncing fear into all of you when I'm teaching this. Jesus has overcome all of them. And Jesus wants us to know these things so that, man, we can come into a place where we will not be subdued by the enemy enemy or any of his demonic forces. So that, what is Satan's plan? Again, point one, what is Satan's plan? Satan wants to get the word out of you. He does not want the word to remain in. He does not want you to, you know, take the time out and study the scripture, understand the symbolic nature that's mentioned in the scripture. He doesn't want you to do all of that. He wants to make sure that you just live your life. Do your thing. Go live a comfortable, settled life. Forget about the word. 
ah that pastor who was jumping up and down in the morning yeah, forget about all that it's not real don't don't worry about that i'm telling you the minute you walk out of this hall satan starts working Satan will start working and make sure that everything that you understood today, or maybe you know some of these things are new to you, and you are thinking, man, never realized this. And when you go out, that sense like, oh, forget it. Let me tell you, what is God's plan? Number two, God's plan. Mark chapter four, verse twenty. But these are the ones sown on good ground who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit: some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Do you know what's God's plan for you? anything and everything that you put your hands into he wants you to be successful he wants you to see the you know the fruit of everything that you're putting your hands into he doesn't want you know to remain stale or he doesn't want you to not remain barren he wants you to bear fruit in everything that you put your hands into your studies your career your family your relationships anything you name it he wants you to bear what fruit 30 60 and when you begin to understand that the only way i can bear this fruit that god is talking about here is when i take god's word and i put it inside of me that's it i can do anything that i want to do i can work really hard i can slog it out i can do this i can do that but i promise you listen if god's word is not inside of you and it's not you know taking root and you don't understand the basics of what god is trying to teach you it doesn't matter what you do you will end up in one of these three groups where the word is going to be taken away and anything and everything you put your hand into you're not going to bear fruit you know one of the things you know that that's really shocked me about you know this this whole series okay was what we what we looked at last week it really shocked me the fact that you know the word simple thing like god's word satan comes and tries to steal it away from us he just wants to steal it he wants to make sure that it doesn't remain there can i ask you this church is there a way that we can avoid satan from stealing god's word in our heart i want to think about this this way do you have anything precious in your life girls you might have jewelry gold which your parents said better take care of it you know can i trust you with this So what do you do when you have something precious? We guys, you know, we we have our bluetooths and our phones and all that. Okay. We do have stuff that's precious. I'm just saying that the precious to us. Okay. What do we do with something that's precious? Where do we keep it? We keep it safe. Right? We figure out this is probably the most safest spot that you could possibly keep it in and you keep it there. You know, um Let me just say this okay the older you get i'm just saying my example the older you get it's better you write down you know where you hide stuff it's important it's happened to me and my wife okay i remember this one time you know my scooter key was the spare key was like we didn't know where it was and i said where did you keep it and she's like searching all the cupboards and everything and all that and i said you don't even remember where it is she said no you should take care of your scooter key it's yours guys like no the scooter's in your name i mean scooter's in And then we searched all over the place and then you know I said you know what forget it I'll just make a spare key we went we got the spare key done and a few weeks later she comes running I found it Just write it down you know where your safe place but here's what I want us to think about If Satan is out to steal God's word that he's deposited in you what's the safest place that you can hide it where Satan will not be able to know where it is Here's what David said Psalms 119 verse 11 Your word I have hidden where Your word I have hidden in my heart Why that I might not sin against you If there is a safe place that you can hide God's word you got to pick it up from here you got to take it and you got to hide it deep inside the layers of your heart so that no matter what satan tries to do no matter how much the enemy tries to come in and steal that word away because man god's word is the truth the truth will give you life the truth will give you freedom the truth will help you to you know gain accesses you know into places where you could possibly not be able to do on your own 
And Satan doesn't want any of this. So he's going to try and see. So I'm going to hide this word deep inside my heart so that the enemy will not be able to come and steal it away from me. How do you do this? How do you hide God's word in your heart? You've got to come into a place where you keep meditating and studying God's word. Meditating and studying God's word. Meditating and studying God's word. It's a word, you know, that, that they call as rumination. Anyone have heard of rumination? You know what rumination is? Rumination is often used as a word, you know, that describes the cows. Cow. You've seen some cows, right, in your coin circle? Yeah, those cows, okay? If, I don't know if you ever observed them. My, my, my boys love to observe them, okay? And, and, you know, what do these cows do? And you probably learned this if you've been in biology class at any time, you know, in your lower standards, okay? What, what do the cows do? When they eat, I assume cows eat grass. Don't, don't judge me. Please don't judge me. I assume cows are eating grass. Well, what do the cows do? They chew the grass and they just immediately swallow it. And what do they do? A few hours later, probably a few you know, hours later, what is inside, they bring it back up and they chew it again and they swallow it back up and they bring it back up again after some more time. They chew it again and they swallow it back in and they bring it up again and they chew it and they bring it back. You know how many times a cow does that in a day? I read it up. Seven times. So you know what the cow is doing? The cow, every time it brings up, you know what it's stored up here, all right? It brings it up and it chews. You know what it's really doing? It's squeezing out every bit of nourishment that it can possibly from that grass. And here's what I want us to understand. When you meditate on God's word, when you take the scripture, when you take a verse, you take it and you keep meditating, you keep rem reminding yourself, this is what it says, and you keep bringing it back up into your mind. You keep, you know, let me put it this way, okay, in a way that you understand. You break it up. You squeeze that verse out of every nourishment, spiritual nourishment that you can possibly get from that scripture. And it takes time to do that as you keep, you know, squeezing it. Have you squeezed, you know, wet clothes? What happens when you squeeze a wet cloth? Water goes out, right? Imagine taking spiritually a scripture and squeezing it out so that, man, everything that God has put in that word for you comes alive for you and it remains inside. And no matter how much the enemy will come and try to steal it away, he can't. Why? Because it's stored deep inside your heart. He cannot take it away. Let me ask you this, okay. How many of you worry? Do any one of you, do you worry? Exams come in, then you get worried, anxious, panic attacks. How many of you can say that I worry well? I, I can say that. I, I worry really well, okay. Okay, this is, this is probably a psychologist or a psychiatrist will tell you this, okay. You know what worry is? Worry is simple, negative meditation. That's what it is. You're looking at the psychologists here. They, they probably agree. If they don't agree, they're not biblical. Just leave them. Here's what I want us to understand. What is worry? Worry is just negative meditation. That's what it is. When, you, when you're thinking about it, oh, this will happen. Oh, that will not happen. Oh, this will happen. Oh, when you sleep, oh, why is this? Oh, it's not going to happen. It's, it's tomorrow exam. I haven't finished studying this. What is that? It's just negative meditation, that's what it is. And can I tell you, church, if you can negatively meditate on all the worries that you have in your life, you can also meditate on God's word, which is positive meditation. Okay, I'm not going to positive meditation. Don't, don't say that, pastor is teaching positive therapy. No, no, I'm not. I'm teaching simple. I'm teaching God's word. That's what I'm teaching. And I want us to understand this. Listen, if you can worry, if you're a good worrier, if you can negatively meditate all of these things, you know, all throughout the day, I promise you, you can take God's word and you can meditate on every single word that God has mentioned there till you get everything that God wants you to get from that word. Church, here's what I want us to close and say. God's word is the most important thing that you will ever lay hands on. God's word is the most important thing that you will ever lay hands on. And it's not enough. You know, if you're in a place where you've just begun your relationship with God, I'm telling you, church, please don't limit yourself, you know, to just Sunday morning church and, you know, the life group. I'm telling you, if you're not a part of life group, please be a part of one. Like I said, listen, if you're beginning in God, it's important you understand the basics. You understand, you know, the foundation so that, man, as you grow and as you move into the next group, which God is calling you to, you will be laying your life on a solid foundation.
church, can we just close our eyes and look to the Lord in prayer? Thank you, Jesus. Maybe, maybe you know, some of us this morning, you know, we've, we've not been reading God's word at all. You know, God's word is there. The Bible is there. Those Bible apps, you know, it's, it's, it's just there. And I'm praying this morning that, you know, this message would inspire an interest in your heart to go back to God's word. Because I promise you, this is what the enemy wants from you. As long as you don't touch your word, as long as you don't touch your Bible, as long as you know you don't keep going back and studying and meditating, you know, like what we just saw. He knows that you will never come into a place where you will bear the fruit that he's calling you to bear. And church this morning, if, if that is you, if you've not been going into God's word, if you've not been studying God's word for yourself, if you've not been asking God, God, would you open up these scriptures and make it alive for me? I want to ask you, church, this morning, would you come back into that place where you make a commitment and say, God, God, I'm sorry I've not been going into your word. But this morning, I want to make a commitment that I will go back into your word this morning. And church, would you come into a place where you're willing to commit yourself back into God's word? Because God's word is so powerful. God's word is what gives us the ability to bear fruit 30, 60 and 100 fold. And that is what God's plan for us is. He wants us to bear fruit. And church, this morning, if some of us, you know, this morning we're struggling. We're not been able to see fruit in the things that we put our hands into. We've not been able to bear fruit in the areas of our life that we've been working for so hard. Can we recommit our lives back to reading God's word? and studying it and meditating it on a daily basis. Church, can we just stand up in the places where we are? Can we all just stand up right now? As we are in the presence of God, I want each of us, you know, to come to a place where we make a commitment. Lord, I want to make, come back into your word, Lord. I want to be a student of God's word. I want to be a diligent student of God's word. I want to study God's word and I want, you know, the scriptures to come alive for me again. I stopped reading God's word a long time ago. But I want to come back into that place where I'm excited that I cannot put God's word down, but I just want more and more and more of more of God's word. Church, this morning, the presence of God is here. And if you're willing to make that commitment, church, God's going to strengthen you and enable you to come back with that same vigor, with that same excitement, with that same passion to read and study God's word. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, once again for this time, Lord. Lord, I want to pray and surrender, Lord, Father, every person, Lord, this morning who is making a commitment, Lord, to come back into your word, Lord, to come back, Lord, Father, Lord, to study and meditate on your word, Lord. Just like how you spoke to us this morning, Lord, Father, from your word. Lord, that we want to see, Lord, Father, that fruit come in our lives, Lord. We want to see that, Lord, that 30, 60 and 100 fold fruit that we can bear, Lord, Father, in your presence, Lord. And we recognize and we understand this morning, Lord, the reason that we can only be able to bear that fruit is if your word remains in us, Lord Father. And this morning, Lord, I want to bring forth everyone who's making a recommitment, Lord. And if people, Lord Father, Lord, this morning, if they're beginning in God, in their beginning in their relationship with you, Lord, as they make a fresh commitment, Lord Father, Lord, to spend time in your word, to study your word, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would strengthen them, Lord. You would create that passion inside of their hearts, Lord Father. That excitement, Lord Father, Lord, to come into your word, Lord Father, Lord. And Lord, keep continuously studying and meditating that word, Lord Father, Lord. So that, Lord, that word can bear the fruit that you've called it to send, Lord Father. The word can bear the fruit, Lord Father, that you've sent it for, Lord. And I pray this morning, Lord, that, Lord, as a church, we would be a church that is diligent students of your word, Lord Father, Lord. We would be a church, Lord Father, Lord, that is committing ourselves to reading and meditating your word every single day, Lord Father. We would be, Lord Father, standing on solid ground, Lord Father, because your word is going to remain in us 
and the enemy will not be able to steal it in Jesus name Lord. Father we thank you once again for this time Lord. We thank you Lord even as we go from this place Lord. I pray and ask Lord Father that your holy presence would go before us Lord. Fight the battles for us Lord. We know that the enemy wants to steal things away from us Lord but I pray Lord Jesus this word that was sown today would be deposited and the enemy will not be able to steal it away in Jesus name Lord. We thank you. We surrender each of us into your hands Lord. Take complete control Lord Father. In Jesus most mighty and precious name we pray. Amen. Receive the benediction. May the love of God our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of us now and forevermore. Amen. That really spoke to me and I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this. If you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.